Hey. What up, beautiful people on this beautiful but yet rainy day? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'll answer that question first. How are who, you feeling? Well, first, who are you? Who am I? I'm Damon. So what's good? This is Ergo Radio, WHBK 88.5. For those of y'all who don't know what we do, we showcase strong young voices. You don't know yet? We're on here every week, oh, but maybe man. they like it's aren't, cool. they're not usually it's like cool. free Thursdays and like they don't have SoundCloud. Like there's maybe, no excuse. Maybe they're fans of Summer and that she is bringing them in. Maybe you are new when you hear this. For those of you who don't know, showcasing strong young voices from Chicago and beyond. Each week, a conversation with a different artist, writer, thinker, musician, organizer, person reshaping the culture of the city here on WHBK 88.5 and ErgoRadio.com. Um, we have a very special uh, guest with us this week. But first, as always, any community announcements you got, Dame? Uh, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, you always hear me talking about the Black Youth Project 100, BYP 100 up on here. Uh, and this weekend, we are having a fundraiser. We are at the rink on 87th Street. We getting it popping. Uh, if you trying to juke, if you got them bangs, if you trying to actually skate, if you not to skate backwards, if you one of them dudes who brought your own skates <laughs> yes. and you leave your laces loose and you do the spins in the middle, you know what I'm saying? We are here for you. If you have not been skating since your best friend birthday party in seventh grade yes. let's go skating 87 come on come rock with us if you are down for the revolution you trying to meet all these black people that have been fighting for black liberation come skate with us uh yeah ten dollar fee uh 87th rink it's a little bit east of cottage i forgot the exact address also sunday at the metro i'll be hosting no. the no at the double at the Double Door, I said the wrong place. At the Double Door, thank you. I'm going to be hosting the Come Up, the weekly, monthly series from YCA, Darren Alexis, and the Set It Off Cypher will be there. That's going to be popping. Yeah, that's uh, that's Highness. all we got. Oh, and Highness, who we had on the show last week, the amazing uh, band and collective, has their release show on April 9th. That's tomorrow night at the Tonic Room. So come through for that. You can actually get tickets for that through the Ergo Radio website. We got the link up there so you got like a full weekend of amazing art and music and voices from the city so we have a very special guest as i mentioned uh today i think like one of the funny things about doing this show where we do is no one none of our guests can ever find the studio uh and we've had numerous times where they've been like we're I'm, i don't know where i am i asked three people where is the radio station None of, the, radio station? none of the people on this campus know that there is a radio station here, but you are the first guest who managed to find your way up here all by yourself. Um, so first off, props to you for that. Second of all, I think you're super cool. Anyway, <laughs> Summerfields, welcome Hi. to the show. Thank you. How are you feeling? How is the world treating you? And how are you treating the world this week? Oh, the world is treating me. I am tired. Uh, I spent a hundred dollars on shoes yesterday, which I don't Ooh, have. Ball out, cash out, yeah. go crazy. But it's it's about to be warm, so got my sandals for the season. I'm wearing some now. Um, just been working, working hard, and yeah, that's my life this week. Yeah, I just wanna. I said this a little bit before the uh, show. I'm just like meeting you. Uh, much love to you. So for for you to know and for our listeners. Um, <laughs> About every three to six weeks or so, we have this like scramble mode of like, oh, the person who's supposed to do the show uh, it can't do it. Or, scramble oh, mode, damn, yeah. we <laughs> actually didn't ask anybody to do the show. Yeah. Um, and it is tw 12 hours before we have to do it. And we have, uh, we have like this list of folks who we want to have on. And obviously you're on that list. And it's like, okay, who between 11 p.m. and 11 a.m. can we convince to come <laughs> spend an hour? At, yeah. So thank you, because sure. you filled in for us at the last minute, and all the people that have done that hold a special place in my heart, and they've also been some of the better episodes. Oh. So the pressure is on. No, but uh, 
I, I think the, the, you know, I wanted to have you here um, because I think one, it grounds it a little bit on this campus. We haven't actually had folks who are students up here. But first off, before we get into all that, like, why don't you give a little bit of, an, uh, of a sense of what it is you do? What, what do you like to make? What do you spend your days doing mm -hmm. that you don't like to make? All that stuff. Right. Yeah. So I am a graduating senior at UChicago. I'm from the South Suburbs. Um, which, which, which South Suburb? No one's going to know what it is. I, I always I say, do you know where Homewood is? They say, oh, yeah, Homewood yeah, yeah. Flossmore High School. We played them basketball. Uh -huh. I'm from Richton Park. I know. by Madison, not Matson, Madison. Yeah. Richland Park. There's a skating rink out Richland yeah. Park. I know where Richland Park is. Yeah. No, I went to that skating rink. Skating rink. Rich City Skate. I think it's called now. I don't it remember is. what it's it called is. before. My my grandma used to skate every day of her life. Um, yeah. Right there on Salt Trail. Yeah. So I need I to take her back at. to that rink. Right. <laughs> you so, can't be in Chicago land. So the real ones, the real ones will know. But yeah, you know, people. But from, the U Chicago students will not. They do not. <laughs> They're like, oh, Orland, where the mall is, or Homewood, or like, oh, like by Naperville. So yeah. Um, so right now I am studying sociology. Um, I'm shout writing. Out, shout out yeah, sociology. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing um, a gang, thesis. Gang. <laughs> so I've been writing a thesis about um, producers of color in public radio and their opinions on homogeneity and whiteness um, let's, in that let's, medium. Let's pause yeah. for, for uh, what homo homogeneity. Yeah, so I just know, sameness. I, yes. Right. So what, what does that mean color. in terms of like whiteness, right? So like we only it's want It's like you open this. up the crayon box, there's the white crayon, there's the tan crayon, right. you know, right. um, just all white. No, so, <laughs> you know, it's just there's been a um, bubbling conversation kind of rising up people like Gene Denby from Code Switch, Chenjirai Kumanyika, who's a professor and um, radio producer, talking about the fact that they love this medium of public radio. They get a lot from it. It's um, a unique kind of place in our culture um, of like an unbiased sort of source um, that people love and hold dearly. But however, um, people are kind of talking about how it's just kind of all one note. You know, it's a very white, middle class, upper middle class, kind of centrist, liberal, um, college educated mode. So, you know, people are like, what about black voices, Latino voices, um, just anything besides kind of what is perceived as neutral. Um, so I mm. talked to and interviewed like 19 producers of color from NPR, Minnesota Public Radio, WBEZ, um, freelancers, podcasters. Um, like, what do you think about this? What does diversity mean? And it turns out that's a really slippery and problematic thing. What is authenticity? What would we do to diversify public media? Is it already diverse in your eyes? Um, what do you think about this homogeneity, about this sameness? Um, does it bother you? Um, what's been your experiences working in public radio or podcasting? So, yeah. And so what would have been some of the, like, you know, as you're working it out, some of the like findings or some of the, mm -hmm. if if you can give away, you know, say before the mixtape drops. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, the mixtape's about to drop it. Okay, ain't work, nobody going to read it. Work. So, <laughs> so um, before, before, before professor get the, uh, yeah. the listener party, uh, yeah. what, what, um, what you, what you coming with? What are you learning in this study? Yeah. I don't know. People have their diverse opinions. What I've learned is diversity kind of means nothing and it's a trick. Yeah, it's and... a Ooh, I almost yeah. cursed off jump. Yeah. We have beef here with the FCC uh, for those who don't know. But usually but... we get like 20, 20. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not supposed to be me. I'm not supposed to be with you. Yeah. But sometimes I, I start that action. That's going to be a podcast. Yeah, but so. no, d diversity, <laughs> diversity is like, 
I think it yeah, it's actually a, a harmful word more times than not in the way that yeah, it's used absolutely. today. Yeah, absolutely. Shouts out to Joyce Bell, um, who writes a lot about this. It's um, it's a bankrupt term, and that's something that Anna Holmes wrote about on NYT recently. She's like the founder of Jezebel. Um, Jean Denby wrote about it. Basically, like, what does diversity mean? It's just kind of a code word to be like, we value all kinds of voices, whether you're from, like, the countryside or whether you play the trumpet or you're black, you know, it's all the same. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be something different. And it's always diversity is framed as a spice to the white mainstream, the white main course, mm -hmm. which is the assumed center of our, everything in our country. Um, so and that just like presence will actually alter power dynamics, right? right? That's what bothers me about diversity. It's like, oh, if I check off all of my boxes, right, then mm -hmm. you can't say anything is wrong with how we're operating our impact in the world or in our communities, right. right? Yeah. And so, but, you know, I can be the black executive or the black HR person in mm -hmm. your firm, or I could be, you know, the black DJ that has the hour on right. your radio station, right? Yeah, exactly. But I still am like, impacted by that powerlessness right. right so i'm not calling out any particular radio do stations. it no do no. it no seriously like i don't God, she's gotta get a job i don't have the numbers um so i'm not calling them out specifically and i think a lot of radio people are like at least half woke to this and like are conscious of this but the question is who has the power to do anything so like mm. the producers on my level white and like of color alike they're thinking a lot about this but they say like it's up to the editors it's up to the program directors to do overhauling changes um but it's just disappointing that in a lot of places um we're falling short of what is truly public and for the people so so for you choosing to pursue this as a as a field of study or as a thesis, mm -hmm. what was the entry point for you? Were you thinking like, man, I want to make radio, but this shit, there aren't that many people who look like me. And I did just accidentally. Yeah. Um, I feel like there are people that look like me, but like on a, I, it was mostly reading these blogs being like, so Chandra Kumanika is what inspired me. He wrote um, a really popular blog post about it. He had gone to the transom story workshop Um which is like a radio making camp basically for producers and said like, I really loved it and I was learning a lot, but I felt like there was this implied pressure for me to mold my like voice into mm -hmm. what is palatable for like white people. And no one at the camp was pressuring him and saying like, they were like, this doesn't really sound like you. We want you to like sound like yourself or whatever. Um, so he's like, well, where's this pressure coming from? It's not from nowhere. Um, so it's not that they were pressuring him, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's like a, it's like kind of the broad sense of like, well, what do I hear on the radio? What's valued? um who is like this assumed audience right. it's like a vicious cycle so yeah it seems like that's the specifically in this realm like that's the big question we talk we've talked about this a few times with different kinds of artists like where are the spaces if anywhere where people can make stuff that's not for the white gaze mm -hmm. right uh and i think like radio has and in a lot of times maybe not or public radio. Ear. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um adds a layer of complexity Mm, that's actually very true but this it's actually like radio is a space where that does happen sometimes mm -hmm. um but public sure. radio is not a place where it does right right and the question is it's like what's going to make the money obviously frankly like catering to the base of like young black latino like non-white people that's going to make you money but like will that work for npr or member stations when it's a bunch of like 60 something crunchy liberal white people like right. does it make sense to make it more diverse do they need to start taking more risks i mean that's kind of the opposite side of the claim that i'll be making 
but yeah, it's it's a valid claim. So it's like, why not? Why don't we just make our own stuff and break into podcasting, which we have been, and mm. you know, independent networks, or like just don't go through that channel. Well, but like, it's just my thought that it's public, so we should aspire toward representative of public. So that means WBZ, um, you know, in a really black city, like they need to be proportional, you know, and so, yeah. So and also maybe not put their station on a pier where it costs $25 to go there. Oh, so it's impossible to get people to interview there. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Don't even get me that. started. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I went to W. They pay for my parking. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. But, but, but Wait, you're so you have to pay to get in? <laughs> yeah. To be so, I mean, interviewed? If you're going to a meeting at BZ, and sometimes if you're, if you're a guest, they will usually like half subsidize your parking, so you pay half. But it's still way out the way. Mm -hmm. So if you don't get there by driving, you need you to have a car. You're yeah. going to be on the Grand Bus yeah. for an hour and a half. Like, Shit. it's the most inaccessible location <laughs> in the city. Yeah. We got beef with the FCC. We, we, we welcome those problems. Yeah. Uh, I, so I have a question as we're kind of naming a specific institution as an example of this, especially if we're talking about public radio, right? Mm -hmm. There's kind of the pool of like, be proportionate of the populace, mm -hmm. right? But if it is like member base right and they basically are, are not funded by like the city they're mm -hmm. funded by the people more that listen um and that's a bunch of 60 year old white white people yeah <laughs> <laughs> like would it be more comfortable for you from your like study in this field if they were just honest about that like hey we are we instead of pretending to be like oh we are this diverse white radio mm -hmm. like let's do it but yeah. like yo this is what we're suffering this is who we are serving um these are the contradictions in that this i mean no one's ever done this before but like if they did that instead of trying to like pretend or or pre i don't know if that would be good for business for like an npr type standpoint like i think if they critique themselves though. they they don't like people want to think that they value diversity and don't want to think about like their supremacy you know mm -hmm. or don't want to face that they want to be like yeah. we value hearing different voices like we are aspiring to this um and i don't think they can be that frank yeah so. and the other piece is it's not like it's one thing if you do that and then there is an alternative that can like they're the only game in town mm -hmm. so if they say we only serve these folks then they look really bad because then there also isn't something serving the other folks yeah. Which is the truth, right? Like, right. what if they no, just said the that? What if they, mm -hmm. they said no, no one on the south or west side has access to, mm -hmm. to public information? Mm -hmm. Right. Because. Uh, yeah, it's not. I, I agree I with you. I guess not I'm good, radical. It's not good for yeah. radio. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> radical too, but this is my industry. I have respect. I just am critical. So. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about the entry into radio. First off, like, what. What were y'all listening to in your house when you were younger? Like, what were the shows? Who oh, were the disc yeah. jockeys that you listened to? Yeah, well, my dad is a disc jockey. Hey, he's hey, one of he's out. one of the you know founders of House in Chicago. But who's um, it, who, who? his name is Jordan Fields. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, he's from like Maywood, Aurora. Um, so you know, I grew up kind of infused in that house culture, but you know, listening to 96.3, 103.5, stuff like that. <laughs> um, not really an NPR family, even though my mom is white. Um, that's not, that wasn't us. But in high school, I did um, speech and I did radio speaking. So I started to go to NPR as, um, as my guidance, like their five minute broadcasts. And that's kind of my, how I got into that world. And then in college, I got really into podcasts and that whole culture. So it was kind of like for myself through speech team. Um, but yeah, it was definitely not like a value uh, in my family. So we'll come back. I want to talk a little bit about the podcasting that you've been doing mm -hmm. here, but why don't we give everyone a second to catch their breath. This song just dropped this week. It's by an Ergo favorite for sure. No name. Uh, 
I've been listening to it on repeat. It's called Freedom Interlude. Great sample. Anita Simone at the end. Mm. You're listening to Ergo Radio, W-H-P-K, ergoradio.com. I thought I was going to write a rap. I thought I was going. I thought I was going to write a rap, but this be baby miracle. Virginity and Kerrygold, alphabet and the cereal. I'll forget why I'm here alone. Sentiment for a different song. Left it back to IG, open the DM, I think he like me. Asiatic black man, affinity with lap dance. The walls is caving, the laws is changing. Because we ain't the God, we made them, they all forgave them. I think I wrote a song about confusion and perception. Messages and bottles, disillusion on the guest list. You said plus one, so where your plus one at? I hope he find his way to Arizona now. I hope he find Fatima and she hold him down. What a pretty lady in the valley of the shadows I'm thinking she lost the battle, I'm thinking she found the bottle Blueberry bubblegum bassinet in my hideout Baby say turn the lights low, mama say go to bed now I had a dream, I rocked my baby fast asleep Count the toes, they're all there, kiss the cheek I think this is a song about redemption Or a mother's intuition, how my kitchen sounds like church bells Why they sell me my dollar and my dream White picket fence, crop of the cream I know this is a song for overcoming, and me coming, and me running out of ways to dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, and dance with me, dance with me, and dance with me, dance with me, I know I'm free, dance with me, I know I'm free. We're back on Ergo, W-H-P-K, ErgoRadio.com. That was No Name, Freedom Interlude. I love that song. It's uh, off of her upcoming project that we might hear someday, uh, Telephone, and that's on her I kind of appreciate her not dropping it. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's getting cooler, the voice she doesn't do. I think I, 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 I rock what she says. Like we're, pa- <laughs> we're past the point where it's like, man, she's taking forever, and now it's like, like a mythical. Yeah, yeah, I think that's raw. <laughs> so we're here with, a, uh, with Summerfield's you Chicago student, radio maker, uh, world critiquer, mm-hmm. uh, house music person. Child. Child. Um, so before we get to w- what you've been making here, I want to like go into that a little bit. Like any particular scenes uh, or like moments in that like house world growing up that like mm-hmm. stand out particularly in your mind? In 1997, when I was three, I um, got to be sampled on my dad's record. I don't know where it is. I don't have access to it anymore. But I was just saying the world. That's what I remember. <laughs> um, yeah, all kinds of random house cats coming through my house. My dad would work out of our basement, our unfinished basement. He probably doesn't want me to put him on blast like that. Uh, but yeah, it was really cool. Like Boo Williams and stuff coming and uh, recording tracks. 
Um, my mom and dad yelling through, you know, my mom would be upstairs and we'd have this crazy buzzer thing. And like, she'd buzz my dad to come upstairs. And my dad's like, I'm not coming upstairs. I'm working at <laughs> house. They're not together anymore. But yeah. Um, and my mom goes to the house picnic every year. I still haven't made it because I haven't been in Chicago for so many summers. I'm going to try to go this summer. Um, hmm. It's just been really cool. It's kind of like, though, if your dad's an accountant, you're like, I don't want to be an accountant. Come on, dad. It's yeah. like I'm, I only came around to like how cool house is, obviously, like recently, you know. Um, whereas and it's funny because like all my white friends are like, yeah, I have these house tracks. And like, let me talk to your dad. And my friends like buy records off my dad. And I'm like, you know, I just need to lean into this. It's like a very cool, like I can be effortlessly cool. I don't have to try and I don't even, but I want to learn more about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know like what could be cooler to have your dad be like, I guess <laughs> yours is pretty good. In Chicago anyway. Probably like, his dad idea. is a stand-up comic who is oh, nice. like a bit, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been all right. It's been pretty cool. I rock on my pops. My dad mm-hmm. does alumni relations. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shots to pops. Nice. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> in addition to the... To that's the really academic. interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, I just learned a lot about you. You, hey. are, you are the product of alumni relations. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm blushing right now. <laughs> uh, in addition to the... Um, to the, to the academic work, it, it, I know you make all kinds of stuff, including mm-hmm. uh, the Quad, mm-hmm. which is a podcast based here at U Chicago. Mm-hmm. What is it? How did it come together? Yeah, so the Quad has been um, a thing for like three years. It was the initial kind of idea was um, we're not the idea. Uh, the name started with a kid who was on the Maroon newspaper and was like, podcasting is a thing. I need to get a group of kids together and start podcasting. And I was like, I can do that. So I was like, I'm going to host, I can host the episodes for you and like maybe learn to produce and stuff. So um, that was like my second year here. Um, And then gradually just became me. I founded it as a registered student organization. Um, So it's now like a podcast collective where we tell stories about um, this campus and beyond. So activists here, um, professors doing cool work, students doing cool stuff, you know, essays, art. Um, so it's been really fun. So I basically am like the executive producer slash leader, but I'm handing it off now that I'm graduating. We've produced like 30 pieces over the past few years. So yeah. you think it'll live on? I think so, at least for a couple of years, because I have um, two kids who are like a sophomore and junior who are really into it and have like rocked with me for a long time. You got sidekicks? Yeah, (laughs) I believe in them. Um, But if not, you know, it'll always be a legacy. But I hope it continues because there's really no, like the niche for podcasting is so small here. Um, And we've been a big force, so I hope it continues. Mm. In in telling, you know, and I've I've listened to a few of them in telling stories of different folks doing things across this campus. Mm -hmm. uh, What's the selection process on who gets profiled what kinds of stories you tell and is there any kind of particular ethos behind what you're trying to do there or is it just let's capture the spirit of this place yeah definitely capturing the spirit what it is is for a while it was like my passion project and I was like why would I need anyone else uh to do it with me and I was like producing with one other guy Deshaun Mosley who's like a poet actually and like a creative writer he's like this isn't my niche but I'll do it anyway and I'm really good at it so um, but yeah, it's really just like, who's cool? Who do I know about from a class, uh, you know, et cetera. So that was my selection process just on my own. Um, and then, you know, as it became the student organization, as it became like a collective, I'd really just want to foreground whatever, like the other producers are interested in. They pitched to me, like, I have this idea and I storyboard it with them and things. Um, but yeah, we try to just focus on people who are doing good work. Um, you know, I try to 
foreground other people of color on this campus too. What what is the like um the demographic of the team? And I mean I mean like geographically, right? Like is mm -hmm. it is is it heavily based of people from like the Chicagoland area? Is it a lot of people from like out of state who are like not just at all. Home yeah. Or, it's just Chicago? a normal kind of um random club assortment. But yeah, so I'm from here. Um <clears throat> we've had a fairly diverse mix, a lot of women. Um, you know, we That's have dope. Some... That's always better. Yeah, it is. Um <laughs> And one really like sweet uh, gay guy who's white. I just wanted to say he's gay so that, to give him more credit. Um, <laughs> and um, but yeah, they're from all over the country. Um, and I get a lot of first years who do it for like a minute and then drop off. So it's been a really motley assortment. Yeah. So beyond just the, the quad, I want to talk about this place a little bit because, you know, we do the show every week from up here in literally an ivory tower. Mm -hmm. um, but we <laughs> haven't really had a chance to talk about how fully uh you chicago works as a student for you moving through this place like mm -hmm. as you're getting ready to leave now what do you see when you look at this campus what are the things that you feel like it's really given you mm -hmm. and what are the things that are like hard to face about this place that's a big question you can work through as little or as much of it as you want wow that's such a broad question um so yeah, I'm a QuestBridge student. I'm a full, I have a full scholarship. So I've started out with this network of other kids who were low income, high achieving. Um, so we've been a support network for each other in terms of the institutional like stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love UChicago um, critically. Uh, mm -hmm. My grandpa used to work here for 50 years in the graphic arts department where I work now. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I just always kind of had a love for this place as a result. It's, um, so it was always my dream. Um, it's given me a lot of what I am now, like what I started in high school, you know, like just like anyone. But I've just made all of my connections and forged all of my passions here. Um, and just the, the classes were fantastic and the departments I've gotten to get in touch with and people doing good work. How have you fought to break out the bubble? Oh, the bubble. Well, fortunately, I never um, was um, in the Hyde Park bubble exclusively since I've always, I like grew up around Chicago. So I've always left Hyde Park and now I get to do it more. Um, you know, yeah, dragging my friends out of the bubble. We we just see what Chicago has to offer. I think yeah. that's the key. Yeah. So so what, what does that process look like? Where What are some of the spaces, right, that you take people who are, a product of of this, you know. Yeah. If we want to call it a bubble, I think that's a very nice word. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I don't have yeah. I don't yeah. have any friends that um are basic like that. I we all are <laughs> like willing to to leave, and we very much like do. Um, but yeah, I think everyone gets a little apathetic and complacent, and just like stays in Hyde Park because we're just busy as as hell too. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, you know, we go to slams and uh, comedy restaurants all the time. You know. Yeah. Just out living. Yeah. So for me, this is this is like a little difficult, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I, we, we've kind of uh, comfortably avoided this conversation. But I'm, I engage with a lot of communities, right, where like the university uh, just puts the like a, a very bad taste yeah. <laughs> in your mouth uh, on an institutional and then like right. on an individual mm -hmm. uh, level. And that's usually from an outside perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and then I know a few students and like my sister went here and stuff. So so I, I, I hear. You understand uh, the tension. Yeah, yeah. Of, of what, what's that like? So I'm trying to. Um, just like, say it then. I'm no, no, I'm, no, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do mm -hmm. is, is the problem. I'm trying to like respectfully understand yeah. more of, of 
uh, um, and, and give it a more human feel. Yeah. Uh, while also figuring out right, like I, I almost feel like a duty yeah, to be like to be that. critical, no, or the fact, yeah. or the fact, like 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 historically or logistically, when, mm-hmm. when you say like every school, every college has a bubble, right? But but this one is like spatially being located yeah. on the south side of Chicago when spreading it is spreading like, out as an empire, intentionally like taking resources and making the need for students to feel like they have to be in a bubble more right. necessary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to like just hear it talked about kind of right. casually the, you know? yeah the racist don't go past 60th street yeah. um kind of mentality yeah um coupled with intense policing along 60th yeah, street yeah. yeah and then like yeah like food deserts and like lack of resources and like land development right like it's like it's like very structural the impact mm-hmm. um that this place has um and, I, and i'm pretty sure they don't listen or else they're gonna <laughs> kick us off pretty yeah. soon uh and, and so yeah i just how do you like how do you live with with that tension, right? Like you're literally like going to school in like castles on the south side of Chicago. Oh, I'm willing right? to call yeah. them out um, and call frats out, call everybody out. Yeah, you said um, love critically. Yeah, before. I said love critically, right? Um, I won't say I I have kind of like a cognitive dissonance of like all the individuals that have nourished and enriched me in this place versus like the administration yeah. of mm-hmm. this place. So that's how I kind of can rest with and I have a lot of friends that are actively like fight the university true, and you know true. protest and stuff like that and I rock with that you know like the fight for just food um saying don't re-sign Aramark who um who feeds the prison industrial complex directly mm-hmm. like literally um <laughs> you know and stuff yeah. like that so you know basically all I'm saying yeah. is like I am somewhat um an activist too but okay. like I, I think that I can reconcile it just by being like, but there's a lot of people that make this place a good place to be. True, yeah. true. So what yeah. so what is some of that good? Uh, I keep thinking of my favorite professor, one of my favorite professors here, Kristen Schilt in sociology, who's like my idol. She's awesome and just getting to connect with her. People like her who it's like, wow, I want to be that one day. And like, um, you know, just like really good class opportunities. I've had all my friends here who like are critical of the university, who are like just doing their own thing, who engage with Chicago and who have made more of a lasting connection um, here than just, you know, coming in and coming out of this campus. You mentioned the uh, the frat thing specifically, and I know mm-hmm. this is, and we can go into this. Did I tell not, you about this? Uh, you mentioned yeah. it to me. Mm-hmm. What what went down? Called out. Yeah. yeah, I believe I I heard about it secondhand. So oh yes. To, to get, let's 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 break the news here. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. Um. A pie recently. Um. There was a leak of a bunch of racist emails from their list host. I think a BuzzFeed reporter broke. Um. Just saying, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um. The usual. The usual. Um. And they got caught. So. Basically, I was very vindicated because a couple years ago, I was um, at AEPI hanging out with like a former friend and a few other girls. It was like a mojito night or whatever. Um, so apparently this kid, Jacob, had heard um, that like a black girl was there. So he goes like knocking on my friend's door being like, I heard you had some black girl over here last night. Like, tell me the details. And he's like, oh, it's just summer. Like, you know her. And he's like, OK, and backs off. Um, so, you know, he didn't call me nigger to my face i didn't hear it um but but yeah as in you, like you know so i wasn't like there frat, but i know as for in a fact frat members happened. are like forbade from socializing with black, with black women it's like oh you had a black girl here what's that about um so it's like you know he may as well have but yeah so i didn't take it to so basically i was like why are you telling me this like it's funny like 
did you say something to him? He's like, yeah, well, he always makes sexist and racist comments like that. And we just kind of like slap him on the wrist. Um, and I was like, you know, well, that's not cool. I So I called them out on Facebook. I was like, I need to know that A.E. Pi, um, you know, I consider some of you friends, which I don't anymore, like maybe some that have graduated. But um, like I need to know that this isn't the kind of behavior that you guys stand for. Um, and, you know, I just had the misguided notion that because they – it's, it makes it even more sadder that they're a Jewish frat and standing up for as like marginalized people mm-hmm. in some way. And I had the misperception that that would make them like woke somehow. But it's a specific, they're frat boys at the end of the day. They're, a lot of them are white frat boys. Um, but yeah, so basically I called them out and um, the president is telling my friend, like, tell her to take that down, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not going to take it down. Um, and he's like, yeah, well, I'm vouching for you. And then it ultimately turned on me being like, well, I've been so nice to you throughout this process. And you've just been like, that's what he said. Stomping all like, over oh me. My yeah. My gosh. friend who was like my liaison, he was like, just think of how you've treated me through this whole process. And I was like, no, I'm just waiting for an apology. Um, two years later, it hasn't come. Um, the president guy tried to add me on LinkedIn recently and I was like <laughs> blocked. Um, but yeah, so then that leaked and um, I was on the news um, talking about it. Um, yeah, so I'm just extremely happy that that happened. Um, I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to be active on campus as a frat technically right now. Um, abolish all frats, you know, that's my thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like multicultural Greek associations, I think, hold a different role. Sororities hold a different role. But yeah, I think it's a cancer. Yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with like what breaks out of the... Um, like the fact that the news came and covered that is wild to me mm-hmm. because it's a huge controversy. So, well, it becomes, it becomes big. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like how, how hard it is to remember. And I'm projecting a little bit like from my college time, mm-hmm. but how hard it is to remember that like, you're not in a practice exercise that it actually is the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the only times where it kind of breaks through that are like, when the news cameras show up because something horrific has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everyone's complacent until it, that. It's really interesting hearing that story because, like I said, my sister went here. So about 10 years ago, she had almost like a very similar experience mm-hmm. of um, it was a it was like she had like bumped into the four other black people that she knew. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we heard there's this like party going on. Okay. It's like called straight thugging. And so it was basically it was like one of those like parties you see on the Internet God. of like basically a bunch of like frat boys and, and sorority girls that's like, a very 2003 in, yeah in, in, yeah like in blackface basically now, without, now without the paint. swag yeah yeah, yeah. so so like the exact same thing happened she called him out they had to sit down with the president of the university and when i was like i'm from harlem so i know what's going on and blah 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 and like the, the news came and it was it like structurally right like the exact same experience happened and she ended up like leaving a year early to like because of of the trauma of that so wow so it's really interesting to like hear now to i mean not interesting because mm-hmm. you know it's america but mm-hmm. like it's just it's just kind of funny or serendipitous to hear you say like the same story happened to you and you receive some of that like same attention how it's a spectacle as if this isn't as if there is no 10-year continuum right or 30 or 100 year continuum yeah, of, like, exactly. of this university and as if the place as a whole like it's not that it trickles down but it like I think you learn this in even in like social or in cultural studies stuff like you you can connect that comment to what the place does as a whole to how the city functions and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and if you're not doing that 
yeah, five years, 10 years, you're going to keep having like a surprise, the, right? The news cameras are going to keep showing up and it's still going to be a story. It's just going to keep, I'm just cackling heartily. I do feel bad for <laughs> like, I, I understand the ambivalence. My Jewish friends must feel though. Like it's, it's a weird dynamic just mm. being like, you've brought shame to us on this campus. But it's that, it's like the, the well, frat dinner yeah. that you did. The frat, no, 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 not <laughs> me. To say. Yeah, that the frat did, and it's like I think people can make the mental separation that like, yeah, they're like a specific group, um, like the frat boys are. Um, but yeah, it's just a shame that like it just dis- disappoints me that they're like we're here to stand up as like minority future yeah. leaders, and it's like ugh, that's uneasy. I think about that a lot. So I'm Jewish. I think yeah, about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's connect it to the person over here. Yeah. No, but I think about this a lot. Because every time uh, that I've come to do our show, I'm walking along 57th, and there right on the corner is the Hello House, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the only building, one that has, like, the lettering on the building, what they do in big gold letters. And it's also, like, it's right next to the Multicultural Education Office, which I've been in. But Hello's got its own fucking, got its own house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do, I, I, I haven't been inside, I don't know the program. So, But I'm just thinking about, like, the... This stuff is, uh, it's a tension for me, just for me personally, that I'm trying to explore and get into. I think it's always strange to me when, like, I remember at Grinnell, and you can speak to this probably, like, there were the tensions in meetings through the interculture stuff was always between the Jewish group and the black group. Mm. I didn't show up to none of the meetings. So I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. No, but it, it, it was never like something huge, but it would be like like everyone else would be in agreement on something, and then the person from the Jewish group would be like, well, hold on a second. Mm. Um, and it wasn't that they were saying no. They weren't in direct opposition, but there was this tension there that wasn't really explored and the, the institution trying to kind of group What's it all the tension? Together. That's a great question. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. I mean, And I think you know, I mean, and we, we, we've spoke to it. Um, it's just historically um such a fragile tension that we're kind of like navigating right now but it's it's the the balance of um identifying as an oppressed group mm-hmm. um but also greatly benefiting from whiteness right yeah um, and, just and intersectionality not, and, and yeah and not and not understanding the, the full scope of what that means to benefit from or that being whiteness. yeah willfully ignorant of, um, yeah i mean not all jews are white obviously but yeah like yeah. missing the kind of white privilege bit and it's mm-hmm. not like people are like pick one or the other but it's that's huge yeah and so i think what you're talking about are like in spaces or you're talking in the same way of like as you use the word i think minority mm-hmm. right so usually like this like super lumping in into these spaces uh, um where a lot of the people's harm mm-hmm. is rooted in white supremacy and mm-hmm. white white predominance right and so then to bring a group that that feels that they have a, a marginalized voice but are operating um right. largely under the, the umbrella of whiteness in those spaces i think is going to always cause conflict unless it's explicitly named yeah. right and like right. that that is talked to and unless negotiated you're like talking it through yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of people who are willing to talk it through and i had a a girl from my dorm come up to me and be like we have a group of like Jewish, mostly queer women who want to like talk through this stuff. Like, would you be willing to talk with us at some point? Um, and I'm, yeah, so I'm, I have yet to do that, but you should yeah. follow them up now that we just had this yeah. in-depth conversation. Right. Well, they're here. Come yeah. on. In. <laughs> yeah. We're full of surprises here. Erica Radio. Yeah. For, uh, for, for, for the Jews in the crowd through the other side of the mic who want to get 
so there's a congregation I'm going for the first time tomorrow. It's mm -hmm. kind of apropos. It's called Sedek. It's rooted in like Judaism and justice, mm -hmm. specifically in regard to Israel-Palestine. And mm -hmm. they have their Shabbat service tomorrow night up in Ravenswood. And I will <gasps> be there. Ravenswood? That's Ravenswood. where my boyfriend stays. I'll be there. I'm going to go. I'm going to make at, him go. In Ravenswood or at the... In Ravenswood. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll light some candles. Together. Let's see if he lovely. listens to this, though. Otherwise, he doesn't get the invite. So if you're listening, we're going to go to that. Ooh, so. oh, special game. Call in. If yeah. you don't call back in 20 minutes, yeah. it's, whole, it's over. The whole, the whole episode was a relationship test. That's yeah. all it is. Um, so we'll, we have a couple new games. It's a very exciting day here. We have a couple new games to, to try out, new segments. Mm -hmm. But first, this is just a song I've been listening to on repeat over the last... A uh, week or so uh, in the midst of just some craziness in the city that never ends. Mm -hmm. uh, I was on the train coming back from the the big Friday strike thing, and it was hailing. And then came up out of the out of the underground train, and the sun was out, and the song was playing on my headphones. Thought I'd share it. Nina Simone. Mm. I think it's gonna rain today here on Ergo WHPK. Broken windows in empty hallways A pale dead moon in a sky streaked with gray Human kindness is overflowing And I think it's gonna rain today Scarecrows dressed in the latest styles With frozen faces to keep love away Humankindness is overflowing And I think it's gonna rain today Lonely Lonely Tin can at my feet I think I'll kick it down the street Tin can at my feet I think I'll kick it down the street. Why not? That's a way to treat a friend. Bright before me, the signs implore me help the needy and show them the way human kindness is It's gonna 
always great to have some Nina. Real quick, real quick. Uh, definitely shout out to the sponsor. Much love to Lighthouse Grill on 53rd Street. Um, what you gonna get today? I know when we go, I'm getting the little mango Caribbean jerk joint. Was well, the salmon joint? What, what you what you doing? I think I'm gonna go fire blaze salmon in the bowl with the brown rice and the spinach. Oh, I'm already like. I'm 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 drooling onto the onto the control board. I'm so hungry. I didn't eat breakfast. This is going to be perfect. The other thing is they're coming up on their one year anniversary of their Friday open mic series hosted sure, by King Ron. Sure. I believe that's this that's tomorrow. This coming Friday the ninth. Um, so yeah, of course, always shouts and love to uh, to the lighthouse. So as we come towards the end, you wanna you wanna give this a shot, Dan? Oh, uh, this uh, the the new joint. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what 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 this is called? Um, we want to be more vulnerable with our listeners here at Ergo Radio. Uh, so this joint is called the first to admit it. Um, so every week, uh, Kiss and I are gonna say one thing we have been self conscious about in our life, or, or one thing that that you know, as y'all hear, all falls down playing in the background, um, and we gonna be the first to admit it every week. Sometimes we might get deep, sometimes we might be a little playful. So we're going to kick this off today, and there is never any pressure, but we will invite our guests to join in if they f- so choose, or they could just make fun of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so me, my first one, um, and this is one I'm, I'm growing out of right now, literally, um, I have a widow's peak. Mm-hmm. And like growing up, right, and I'll let y'all see it now oh, if I pull oh. my hair back, right, and growing up, especially back in like the, the check f- our Instagram, the, 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 the fresh fade, like 360 days, like I wanted to have like a perfect lining, right, and mm-hmm. so when my widow's peak grew in, I thought I looked corny and ugly, uh, and people called it an Eddie, so I, I would like, <laughs> I would like shave it, I would like shave it in between my haircuts to make sure that my widow's peak didn't grow in, but now, I have like been growing in my widow's peak for the last four, three, three months, so, hmm. since, since 2016 started. Can't even tell. Yeah, because I have so much hair now. Yeah. So I kind of cheating. I'm not really like actually exposed the vulnerable. Yeah. Do, people, do people in your family have it too? I think I have an aunt that has it, maybe my grandmother. Mm. Mine my is. My dad doesn't have any hair, so. <laughs> <laughs> True. Mine is. Uh, yours is on the top, your head, mine is on the bottom. I'm very self conscious and have been, and I'm getting better about it, about my chin. No. Oh. About your chin. About my chin. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about like. Uh, in movies, the villains always have weak chins, mm-hmm. and the heroes always have really strong chins. And I can't, for the life of me, like figure out, like from like a messaging point, of, like why does a strong chin mean like the good guy? Um, so if you have any ideas, tweet us at Ergo Radio for why. You that really is. have a weak chin, though. I don't. That's I. This is I'm I'm growing stronger and more comfortable in my chin, but I don't understand. I'm trying to figure that out. So okay. there's there's our first subconscious. We're gonna invite you to share one. Oh man. It doesn't also have to be a physical it. thing. Yeah, I haven't thought about it. So something I'm self-conscious about. Or have been in the past. Yeah. It's trying to get vulnerable here. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a woman, so there's always that. Um, there's all kinds of things all the time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, cool. So that's the first, uh, what'd you call it? Oh, my uh, hand. First to admit it. My hands. Your hands? What about yeah. your hands? Um, I've been tr- dealing with a really bad wart problem for like a year now that I'm trying to get in order. I got my left hand under control, but like I have warts all over my right hand. It sounds horrible. They, they're tiny warts, see, like that. Um, yeah. We've shaken hands multiple times. Yeah, so it's just really bad. I don't know how to fix it, um, but I will try. So yeah, 
All right. <laughs> this is hilarious. This is it's going to be really interesting to see like how we come out of that each week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when people are like, "Oh man, I just said my chin on the radio." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so we're going to um we're going to transition right into another game, right? Okay. And, and, and so you've heard us mention action and beef and call them out here on Erica Radio a few times. And we're oh, about that, right? We're about to read, read down somebody. No, no, no. Here's what we're going to do. So every week, right, we ask a guest, because there's there's a genre of the world that I feel um, can be very insincere, mm -hmm. right? And has, has run amok recently. And huh? is not, not owning up and self-aware to their security. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, he tied Who? into our last second. R&B singers. Oh, okay. So every week <laughs> of any era of the genre from Motown on down, mm -hmm. we ask our guests to call out an R&B singer. Ooh. Beef with an R&B singer. And it could be from a place of love. Uh, that is not my favorite. That's not my, my preference. But if you don't want to be confrontational, we we accept that. Let me think about it. Well, who's yours? Uh, Probably, to, I have a few. Top of the list would definitely be R. Kelly. Um, well, Come and, on and now. then I mean I think mean, I think we'd be pretty <laughs> and then like Chris Brown. You know, oh God, he's pretty ridiculous as, as that, a human being. Um, yeah, I, I I get really annoyed by Trey songs, you know. Okay. So, so like the, the contemporary guys, but R. Kelly, right? Because I'll I'll talk it through actually, because because we we do the this segment in jest, uh, and I actually do like R and B music. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> alert to all the listeners out there. I just think um, a lot of times, right, in a way that even though that is different from hip hop or hip hop has changed is that R&B kind of positions themselves as like, we are the love, we are the romance, like, ooh, girl, petty. let me love you down. But yeah. they're super petty yeah. and like super patriarchal in like a way that is very insincere. Right. Um, and often like feeds into rape culture, but if you put a, uh, like a melody to it, right. it goes away, right? So mm -hmm. like Chris Brown has this whole song right now, like about rape, you know? Um, What's the song? It's like, let me ride. It's like, come home and like, you're asleep and like, don't oh. say anything and I'm gonna sex you back to sleep at three in the morning. Oh. Oh my god! Early, right, and like this, is like a hit song that's like on the radio all day, and no one has said. I mean, people on Twitter, but like no one has said, "Yo, this is a a, a person convicted of assault who's singing about like unconsensual sex." This so okay. that's that's kind of my like, well, Kid Fury and Crystal on the read have have gone into Chris Brown and go in on him often. Shout out! <laughs> why did my question is why podcast he, gang? Yeah, why did he have to f up? everything for us in 2007 <laughs> for all of us yeah no but in like 2007 2008 like everyone loved him my like white cousin loved him that was like her dream he was like our cinnamon apple you know everyone loved chris brown he could dance he could sing he is just such an asshole oh my god and i've not forgiven him people like look at him because he keeps laugh. doing bad like it's not like oh we he acts to, like he has he does room not to deserve. talk he acts yeah. like he's got room to talk he's ridiculous do you know how so with um oh what's that so are you name? choosing chris brown is yeah that, is that what's happening so right, kaylani right. with all that oh my god yeah Ooh. Yeah, he's, this heffa, not Kaylani, Chris Brown, um, <laughs> coming out tweeting, um, so we had our Negroes ain't shit moment. Can we have our hoes ain't <laughs> shit moment? It's like, girl, you have not even an inch to talk. <laughs> Shut your damn mouth. Yeah. You've, worst. yeah, like. One of my favorite comics says this bit about how pissed Trey Songs must be at mm. Chris Brown. He's like, what does this dude have to do to get off of the number one spot? Like, I've been <laughs> yeah. over here dancing and singing and making hits for years. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, so like just trying to read somebody, honey, like, oh, honestly, yeah, he's so pathetic and hypocritical and disgusting. And I, yeah, I can't believe people have forgiven him as much as they have. It upsets me. Honestly, and I was trying not to forgive Kanye after saying Bill Cosby was innocent, but it's just, ugh. Yeah, nah. 
that yeah. dissonance is part of Kanye standum. Uh, yeah, he's in, he's um he breaks my heart right now. I know. It's got to be, I don't know. Yeah. That's B from a place of love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're not going to talk about Kanye. I haven't no, forgiven him for that because he didn't say sorry. Um, nah, he's. But Chris Brown, yeah. Stop I, giving him credit. Yeah. All right. We have another game. No, actually, I actually okay. want to go back to something you said. Ooh, okay. So you, you mentioned the read. Okay. Um, and, you know, the as you mentioned, the podcast world is relatively small. I'm like, mm-hmm. part of why I wanted to have you up here is because you actually like know what all this is mm-hmm. and like most of our guests don't like this is their first podcast experience uh what are you listening to podcast wise mm, good question okay well um, put some people on uh two dope girls just came out two dope queens 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 i was thinking two broke girls two dope queens just came out that's going to be awesome the read i listened to the second it comes out shout out to them loudspeakers network um friend zone from loudspeakers network is amazing it's um it's a weekly panel podcast um, with Hey Friend Hey, a health blogger, um, Dustin and Asante, like artists. Um, and they do like mental health, mental wellness, and, you know, just kiki about, you know, black culture too. But their tagline is who in the hell wants a musty brain? Shout out to them. So you can find that on <laughs> iTunes great. too. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's what I've been keeping up with lately. You ever get to the point, and this is just – one podcast fan to another where like you realize oh i listened to six hours of conversation today with people who do not know who i am mm-hmm. like you're just like walking around the house you're driving somewhere or whatever and you realize like oh i've just been listening to people talking forever mm-hmm. you ever like get to the point where you're like man maybe i should like turn the conversation off um yeah i mean maybe at a point in my life i was like super addicted lately it's it's more like an hour a day if that um so it's it's not quite the same. And often, though, I find this world is very porous. Like, because I've listened to people's podcasts for so long and produced my own, like, I know all these people now. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so that's the other piece also about the research you did, right, was mm-hmm. you connected with all these folks. What, right. Um, at this point, like, in getting ready to take the step out of here, what's the kind of stuff you want to be making, let's say, in, like, a year, two years from now? Like, what, what, what's the next thing you have percolating that you want to make? Mm-hmm. Well, I really love Curious City from WBZ. So I'm working at a company um, called, well, should I talk about where I work? You can shut them out. Yeah, called yeah. Harkin. They're awesome. Um, and it was founded by Jennifer Brandel, who founded Curious City. So basically what that model does is flip around um, the usual gatekeeper model. So the audience can ask questions, submit it to the website about Chicago. And then they do a voting round of like three questions. Everyone can vote on the best one. And then they produce um, an episode where they bring along a question asker. So she founded a startup that lets people across the world do that same model. So now mm. a ton of radio stations and organizations and papers are, are using it. So it's really cool. So I'd like to like do something with that model. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. What do I want to be making? I want to I don't know. Is radio in my future? Like, right. We'll see. I, well, I don't have an yeah. answer. But yeah, but, but is... you know, interviews I like to do, and maybe like a comedy podcast. Me and my friend have been kicking that around. Yeah. So, yeah. It's something when we talked the first time we met a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was one of the like really interesting things. Was I think I asked you? I can't remember exactly what your answer was. Mm-hmm. Like, did doing the research that you did make you feel less motivated to go into that realm or did it feel like okay now I have the tools to like navigate this in a way that I can handle it yeah I mean I already had the tools to navigate it but like it's more like getting woke to it and am am I uncomfortable now and I think I've come back around where it's like I did burn myself out on it but now I'm like you know I just have to get out there because there's so few people like me doing it um Mm -hmm. it hasn't yeah dampened my passion so well I'm excited to see what you make we're about to get 
out of here. Where can people find your work? Yeah, you can go to soundcloud.com slash uchicagoquadcast, Q-U-A-D-C-A-S-T. So that's the quad podcast and on iTunes. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at somejazzfee, S-U-M-J-A-Z-F-I. It's a great Twitter. The, uh, <laughs> your, your, your Vine game is crazy. I'm yeah. like, you made me feel so old because my Vine knowledge is minimal. No, mine too. But I find all these like teenagers who are doing their like favorite Vine thread. That's like what I do every night is like, look for those. But yeah, <laughs> so it's Shout not out. me, it's them. Shout out to the teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think that's about it. We, we appreciate yeah. you so much for being here. Uh, I look forward to like listening to more of your stuff and, and, and where you go from here. Uh, shout out to everybody checking in live on 88.5 shout out to everybody Ergo Radio I am Damon much love we'll be back next week with another strong young voice from Chicago and beyond peace well it can't be both <laughs> <laughs>